Hello everyone, this is Tom here. Sorry if I sound a bit different in this uh, opening little message. I'm using a different microphone. Just to let you know that during the show today we discussed the fact that we've moved podcast provider, uh, but unfortunately there's been a bit of a quirk as we have just discovered and there are now two of us on Spotify specifically. If you use a different podcasting provider to Spotify then you won't have a problem. The fact that we move provider will make no difference to you. Uh, you'll still get the podcast delivered if you're subscribed as normal. If you're in Spotify, we think you will still get the episodes in your existing feed for now because I'm going to manually upload each episode in both places. Uh, however, if you would like to transition to the new feed, you will notice that there are now two park rushes if you search for us in Spotify. We hope that will be sorted over the next few weeks and it isn't too confusing. Uh, but anyway, uh, enjoy the show from this point on. If you have any questions, uh, do get in touch. Listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there. How's it going? I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad, Josh. Not too bad. It's a bit of a uh, a late recording here. We 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 apologise if you woke up on a Sunday morning expecting our dulcet tones to fill your ears as they always do. But uh, alas, the uh, podcast we had put together in advance of today kind of fell apart in post. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it kind of sounded like. Uh, uh, we had a guest uh, and unfortunately kind of sounded like at least two of us were underwater throughout the recording. So it wasn't really usable. And so here we are scavenging around after our normal upload time to come up with something else. But it was a shame, Josh, because it was a pretty good episode, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, it was always fun to have a guest on. And uh, Adrian from Theme Park Express uh, was a really good guest. I hope we can get him on sometime in the future to you know actually get his thoughts on some stuff once again. Because it's a shame, really, that the audio was garbled. It was garbled. Uh, it, it, it really was. But you're right, Adrian uh, was very insightful, actually. He is a Florida local. And if you're not familiar, then, uh, as you say, Theme Park Express is where you can find him on the YouTubes and on the Twitters. And uh, he'd had a very busy week this week because he's been to Universal, Islands of Adventure, SeaWorld, Ambush Gardens, and was basically filling us in on what those parks are like right now with all of their uh, pandemic safety restrictions and guidelines in place. He was fairly positive about uh, Universal, uh, very much not about SeaWorld and Bush Gardens. Although, uh, if there's a blessing in disguise uh, with this problem we've had with the recording, it's that there seem to have been reports emerging overnight of perhaps Universal becoming a little bit more lackadaisical on some of their rules. So some of the things that Adrian talked about in a positive way, uh, maybe Universal are... Have have started undermining those uh, those comments somewhat. Um, people kind of going back to the whole uh, fill all the available space, make sure that you know you bunch up in queue so we can get as many people through as possible. That kind of thing, uh, which would be uh, a shame to hear, I guess. Yeah, Adrian tweeted that um, they've gone into um, self isolation for fourteen days because of reports that uh, it might have been spread through the parks. Um, so I hope they're well. 
um, yes. yes, I believe it, it was a very much a uh, j- j- just maybe maybe an element of overcaution. They, they haven't yes. got symptoms or anything like that. But uh, yes, there have been reports of uh, sort of cases spiking in Florida over the last week or two, and obviously that has coincided to a point with the parks. I think you know if we were being completely fair, you would probably not expect the reopening of the parks to be reflected in an increase in cases until maybe another week or so from now. But yeah, obviously it's uh, sensible to be safe. And as Adrian said, him and his girlfriend didn't feel particularly safe at SeaWorld or Bush Gardens because of how few people were following the rules, especially on masks. But uh, Yes, we are hoping to be able to basically re-record uh, the episode we did do with Adrian and uh, and get that up because it was a good conversation. Uh, yeah, um, I'll link to Theme Park Express in the show notes. Ah, yes, because you've started a blog, Josh. JoshuaLawrence.info, uh, and it's all about uh, stuff that I'm interested in. So technology, uh, theme parks, video games, films, television, that sort of thing. Um, I'll be putting things up about Raspberry Pi projects, like a, a Pi Hole, uh, audio streamer, that sort of thing. I'll also be putting up show notes for each week for each episode that we do with uh, follow-up links for you to do some more reading if you'd like. Um, and then also, you know, when we get back to the cinema, I'll be putting my thoughts on new, hot new releases uh, in there as well. Yes, that, that should be in the next few weeks, although I did note that one of the big releases... Uh, which should mark the return of the cinema, uh, Tenant, uh, has, I think, been pushed by a couple of weeks. So uh, it'll be a slightly longer wait than anticipated for that. Uh, I think Warner Brothers announced uh, this week that they'd pushed a few. So Wonder Woman, I think, had been due for maybe June and then got pushed to like August, September, I think, and now it's been pushed again into sort of the autumn. Right. So... I don't know if that's that's probably just a case of even if cinemas open without a hitch, uh, you would expect people to maybe be a little slow to go back. So they're probably just hedging their bets a little bit and hoping that things are back to closer to normal in October than they will be in July, August. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, they'll they'll do some. They'll be doing some reshuffling as well, so that you can get the the best audience you know, response and numbers compared to their competitors, I guess. Yes. When are you going to write your uh, thesis on the Clone Wars, having now finished it? Oh, um, I feel like, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Um, there's a massive chasm in your life now. Yes. Well, I've, I've moved on to uh, Star Wars Jedi. Fall in order. Fall in order. <laughs> Yes, uh, I've moved on to uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is uh, uh, it's been fun enough so far. It's uh, quite light in tone compared to the later seasons of Clone Wars, but my understanding is it does sort of uh, move back, shift more in line with the later Clone Wars stuff as you go on, which makes some degree of sense. But uh, anyway, um, the only other sort of bit of housekeeping before we dive into the show proper is that uh, we have moved uh podcast providers just a kind of a 
temporary well not temporary but we're kind of dipping our toe in the water so to speak just to kind of get a feel for it we've moved from soundcloud which if you like soundcloud all our episodes up until this point will still be on there so that's not a problem from that point of view but from moving forward they will end up uh, on uh, anchor we've moved to anchor to see what that's all about heard some like interesting things uh you know i could keep coming up with reasons why we've moved that sound really uh you know pure and uh, and interesting but ultimately uh, saves us some money <laughs> that's yeah the primary the primary motivation uh if it turns out to be naff if we don't like it for whatever reason then it, it seems easy enough to switch back but yeah for now that's where we're going to be uh, but of course if you don't listen to us via soundcloud anyway and instead use spotify or apple or overcast or whatever uh, we will still be in the same place there as far as i'm aware you won't need to resubscribe yeah. or anything like that fingers, so it should crossed, be fine. It should, fingers crossed it should auto uh copy across right so it should do. Uh, we, 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 as of recording, that's what we're hoping for. As of publication, we may have been informed that the whole thing's broken and is, and is on fire. But <laughs> yeah, we'll have to just wait and see. Uh, okay, so um, yes, we're obviously sort of re-recording this week's episode. I didn't really want to just sort of redo what we'd done with Adrian without Adrian because it's just sort of defeats the point we haven't been to the parks it was good to get a first-hand take of what they've been like so instead we are returning to our theme park video game review series and uh skipping ahead from rollercoaster tycoon 3 which was the last one we did which i think was a 2004 game jumping ahead three years uh to thrillville off the rails which uh, i wasn't very familiar with before we'd started uh playing it yesterday and uh I'm glad I wasn't familiar with it, Josh, because I feel like it would have been a waste of my time. <laughs> uh, what a game. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we actually streamed this out yesterday on my Mixer account, of all things. We did. Yeah. What a, so uh, I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. Everything in the link. Links in the show uh, notes. Everything. Is, it, is it still archived then? Uh, it should be, yeah. It should be uh, archived for a little bit. I, don't, I, right. I think I can change how long it's archived for. But. Cool. Well, uh, I guess uh, a bit of background then. For those who don't know, it's a sequel to the 2006 game Thrillville, which was a PlayStation 2 game from LucasArts. And uh, we had planned... There were a couple of games... Uh, a couple of theme park games for the PlayStation 2 and and famously as I think I've discussed before one for the GameCube Universal Studios Adventure for the GameCube uh which we we had kind of thought in an ideal world maybe we get maybe we get hold of that maybe we get hold of Thrillville maybe we get hold of the other one which was Rollercoaster Tycoon no Rollercoaster World on PS2 uh, but I yeah. don't know about you Josh but the idea of buying secondhand video games right now is pretty unappealing <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'm not, um, not into it particularly. It's n- hard to buy. N- like a lot of places are. See, CX can't just pop down CX at the moment to buy it. So, well, th- as of record, so we're recording on Sunday, the fourteenth of uh, of June, and uh, non-essential shops in the UK are able to free open on Monday, and CX will be oh, among true. them. And there's been some controversy about that because it seems like they are going to still let people just kind of browse. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions, but I will. Uh, The clientele of a CEX (laughs) (laughs) and the way, the manner in which they browse the stock seems like a hotbed for a virus, to be honest. The the staff of CEX. 
everything about CEX is a hotbed for a virus. I, yeah. I, I, to be honest, if they reopened the, the investigation, if, if China really wanted to come up with a plausible uh, cause of deniability as to why they're not responsible for the virus, personally, I would... I, they could probably get away with saying it, it came from CEX in Dartford or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I think people who are familiar would be like, actually, yeah, that would make some sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always I, find I that, found it uh, in the mold on the back of this old PS2 in CEX. That's where COVID nineteen came from. I always find that CEXs are also just actual hotbeds. They are weirdly hot in there for some reason. Yes. Yes, uh, and, and and sweaty and, uh, yes. and smelly, and they're just not mm. particularly pleasant. And you know, I, the staff are always I I find very nice and very helpful, but uh, I, I wouldn't want to spend any more time in there than I absolutely needed to. To be uh, to be completely honest, uh, no. There is of course game as well here, which uh, I think have said that in, when it comes to secondhand stuff, they will uh, when they buy something off you, they will put it away for three days and. Uh, so you know to limit the the possibility that it might might have the virus on it which you know is is more responsible than i would have expected from a game if i'm being brutally honest but uh (laughs) cx just seemed not to care so anyway yes that's uh part of the reason why we haven't sought out copies of roller coaster world uh thrillville and universal adventure however thrillville off the rails is available on steam josh it sure yeah. is, Tom. Uh, how how much money did it. you waste on that? <laughs> £7.19, I think it was, randomly. £7.19. Would you say uh, before when you bought it, did it feel like a decent deal? And how do you feel about it now? Uh, so when I bought it, I think the, like the very first the, the screenshot um, on Steam that I first saw was a tank, like a top-down of a tank I was like this is this doesn't seem like this must be someone somehow got the wrong picture uploaded to <laughs> yeah. uh, this so uh, whatever I'll buy it um, I, I did I, I, I don't know <laughs> like, it actually kind of yeah I'm not about it I think I've wasted £7.19 that's all I'm saying well <sighs> I mean, let, let's let's dive into it. I guess. I mean, did you notice at all what the Steam reviews were like? Were they were they okay? Uh, all reviews are very positive. Ninety one percent of the three hundred and seventy user reviews for this game are positive. That sounds mental. <laughs> um, uh, that there was very very little that was positive about the time that we spent with this game. So I'll just read you some of the uh, reviews here. Mad Lad six hundred recommended it and said this is a certified hood classic (laughs) great Uh, Master Epic said stood as awesome as it was when I was little wish the first game was available too okay so there's some rose tinted spectacles maybe at play on that one I think we're all guilty of that sometimes that's that's, I'll excuse that one Um, Propane uh, has recommended it saying this do be hitting the nostalgia dough again uh, I'm willing to let nostalgia-driven reviews slide, even though they are wrong. Yes, and uh, but finally, the most helpful re- review here, uh, Carito, uh, not recommended. Pros, well, uh, it was made by the same people that made Rollercoaster Tycoon. Cons, worst optimization for PC possible. PC version gets a four out of ten from me. I've heard better reviews on the console versions. 
Right. Yeah, so like the pre- uh, previous game, this did come out on PS2 as well, but it also came out on Xbox 360, so uh, you could get some hot achievements. And yeah. uh, whilst it was published by LucasArts, it was developed by Frontier, who did indeed make RCT3 and have gone on to make Planet Coaster and Planet Zoo and Jurassic World Evolution. So uh, they're experienced in this space, but Thrillville Off the Rails is not uh, the kind of game it's not really comparable to those games is it it's it's kind of a a mostly third person kind of exploration uh game the setup is you you make a character and to be honest the character creation tool while limited we were able to make a striking a character with a striking resemblance to me uh so that was actually probably the highlight of the whole thing uh, yeah um i i think the the best descriptor of this game is um if mini clap if mini mini clap mini clip had a um like overworld <laughs> yeah, it's like a, <laughs> yes if you, instead if mini clip instead of being like just a, a straight up website where you click on what the games you want to play if when you launched mini clip you were in this kind of zany theme park environment and then you had to walk up to the individual games yes that's actually a very good comparison because bizarrely uh while there is some uh, roller coaster construction to be done, and we did play with the roller coaster creation tool, and and to be fair, I didn't. I thought that was also decent. Uh, the majority of this game is spent walking around this theme park uh, and and going up to the in- attractions, and then and then interacting with them via these sort of mini games that are, I guess, meant to be somewhat representative of the ride, but aren't really at all, uh, other than maybe thematically. So, for example, there was like a uh, there was like a Wild West shootout attraction, which I assume was some form of a show or you know light gun attraction like a toy story mania if, if it was a real ride but when it came to uh, actually I'm... interacting with it in a game sense it was like a really bad light gun game which seemed like yeah not not a particularly great time yeah i i appreciate you try, you comparing it to a modern um theme park you know shooter game it's more like <laughs> a the old school cap gun right style yes. games that you got the fun fair well, I'm trying um, to, you know, give it. I'm, I'm trying to trying to inject some form of positivity into all this. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I thought that game was bad. <laughs> I, I thought the worst uh, one was there was one that was like a side-scrolling beat 'em up where you were playing as what was it? Was it what were you playing as? I I don't know what I was, but everything some sort of rodent, I think. Some sort of rodent, yeah, like um, speed uh, beating or up other. Like Beating up like toads and El Toad uh, and El Tortoise. Y- yeah, it was really Everyone bizarre. Everyone was, was a bad Mexican, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump made this game. the The best mini game that you played was this sort of uh, Snoopy Red Baron style. Uh, if anyone played that on the Xbox back in the day, uh, air combat game. Very yeah, simple, really but fun. it looked all right, and it seemed to control okay because. Um, the other mini games that you played looked like they were incredibly unresponsive, especially the blatant trials ripoff. So yeah, if you're not familiar with trials, game. it's kind of like a 2D motorbike uh, stunt game where you make your way through these increasingly elaborate obstacle courses. Uh, really fun, very popular. And yeah, this seemed like a really bad knockoff of that. Yeah, it felt like a, you know, like the bad iOS games. Yes. That aren't clearly knockoffs. That's what it felt like. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, maybe even worse than those, to be honest. 
but uh yeah it was it was grim i i think it, I, I guess actually um if you, if you had to compare it to something and again i don't know how familiar people will be with this but the disneyland adventures game that came out for the xbox one a few years ago is not totally dissimilar in the way it's set up which is basically to walk around exploring this 3d theme park and then when it comes to actually interacting with the rides while some of them you can just you know ride uh, you know, like you can on RCT3, for example. So roller coasters in this, you can do that. But the vast majority of the attractions are just represented by these really bad mini games. That's very much the case with Disneyland Adventures. The only thing that really salvages Disneyland Adventures is that it's Disneyland. So you can get, you know, if you're a Disneyland fan, you can get a bit of a kick out of exploring this kind of virtual version of a park that you that you recognize. Whereas with this, there's not really any of that to be honest and i think it maybe speaks volumes that they included this ridiculous sprint mechanic <laughs> where your character can sort of bound around like some sort of superhero to get around the park at, at super speed almost as if they thought yeah people aren't actually going to want to explore this uh, yeah it, it, it's a weird thing and my first impressions actually weren't too bad because like I said the character creation I was kind of into because we were able to look someone that looked like me and then I didn't think the visuals were too bad they're quite bright and colourful and there was some Emmett Brown looking guy kind of explaining what was going on uh, uh, you were, you oh, were you at mean, the controls uh, Mortimer oh is that what his name is yes right uh, yeah think of him as like the theme park ink guy I suppose who kind of sets everything up for you and uh, explains the the ways in which you can make a successful theme park. But you, you were obviously at the controls. What were your sort of first impressions of of the game? And and obviously it descended into something we didn't expect in terms of it being a mini game collection. But what what were your first impressions? It's clearly designed for console. Um, I think that's kind of the the, the first thing there. Um, the controls were kind of you couldn't pan around the character. You had to be like behind them. You do, you know, it was kind of obviously of the era, I guess you could say, because uh, it was on PS2, right? So, um, and so 360, like, and 360, yeah. But you obviously you had the limitations of the uh, lesser consoles there. Um, I guess so, because uh, it's on PSP as well. And oh, Wii. really? Yes, and wow. DS, and DS. Well, the DS one presumably would have been a very different style of game. Potentially, yeah. But um, you, it has full controller support baked into it. Yeah, I was um, actually quite surprised by how seamless that was when you plugged up, plugged in your controller and it sort of instantly transitioned into a sort of 360 interface. Uh, that was maybe yeah. one of the most impressive things about the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I thought the art style was cool. Um, I thought that the it, as we've mentioned, the mini games, it was a bit janky, um, a, bit, a bit slow to respond. But I thought the roller coaster building was okay. Not as good as a roller coaster tycoon. Nowhere near. No. But it, it, if you if you if this was your first coaster game, this might get you into it. I think. Yeah, and I guess that's maybe uh, explains the Steam reviews. You know, if you were a kid when this came out and it was your first roller coaster game a theme park game then yeah you probably hold it uh, maybe closer to your heart than it deserves <clears throat> um and yeah the thing the, the roller coaster design stuff was okay but yeah you're you're right it's nowhere near as sort of in depth as a roller coaster tycoon and you, it's probably unreasonable to expect that when they've got to build it for a, a controller and uh with that in mind it was actually fairly impressively streamlined i thought it seemed from where i was sitting anyway that it was 
intuitive enough for you to to build that coaster you could kind of inject some interesting uh, track maneuvers into it some a bit more out there like rings of fire and and whatnot did you was it something that you would think if the game stripped away the mini games and focused more on that it might be something you were more interested in um i think i think the the coaster building is a bit too limited to um just be the one thing there um mm. so you'd have to add in a lot more nuance to that um construction section there so uh i don't know maybe if, if if you could add in a lot more control over the, what the coaster did, then I think there's the good chance of uh, you know having a better experience there, and then you could strip out the mini game stuff. Um, admittedly, we didn't get to all of the roller coasters. There's a lot more. You know, you had um, inverted coasters and other kind of still coasters in there as well that we could have done, which has loop de loops and things like that. And there were log but, flumes, and there were log flumes, yeah, and uh, a woody as well. We could have built. Uh, but there, there was no, as far as we could see, you had no control over kind of uh, the the landscaping uh, of the park. You were kind of in this preset location, and you could, you know, uh, plop rides down and 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 stalls down and things like that. But you, there wasn't really much in the way of terraforming or, no. as I say, landscaping or anything like that. So you're pretty limited in that sense. Which, uh, yeah, you could put props down on that, but. Um... And some of the props were kind of cool, like monster bikes, monster monster bikes, monster trucks, um, and ferry boats and that sort of thing, and minecarts. But no terraforming. No, but yeah, yeah, there was lots of lots of work went into, I guess, kind of the um, the design aesthetic of the props and and whatnot that you could put down. There was uh, certainly, uh, if it was a real life theme park, it would not be lacking for uh, kinetic energy, like. Everywhere you looked, something was on fire or moving or being flung through the air. It would probably be a bit overwhelming <laughs> if it was real. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that kind of fit with the whole vibe of the guy who tutorializes you being uh, definitely an Emmett Brown zany professor ripoff. So he's um, actually a professor. I've looked him up. Brian Green, who is an American theoretical physicist, mathematician and string theorist. That's quite cool. And to be fair, he did sound a lot like he was trying to do an Emmett Brown to the point where if, I don't know, if he had a resemblance to Emmett Brown, Josh, maybe this Back to the Future reboot that I know you want them to make so much, maybe he could be the oh, guy. Maybe. Just I mean, disclaimer, um, you, you don't actually no, want a Back uh, to the Future. No, God, no. Uh, he, I mean, he, I guess he's a cousin of Emmett Brown, right? Brian Green? Uh, yeah, the The... the Long lost colours family. Uh, I don't know. I, I bow to your superior knowledge on Back to the Future. Yeah. I have to say, I have quite yeah. a surface level uh, appreciation and uh, and and liking of Back to the Future, but I'm not like really in it like uh, like I am with say Star Wars or uh, yeah, actually uh, Emmett Brown. Other films uh, from the time. His, his name wasn't Brown. His family when they moved, their name wasn't Brown. It was um. Because he, he's from a German family, so they changed it during the war, I believe. Ah. Speaking of, uh, like, late 2000s video games, uh, did you ever play the Back to the Future Telltale game? I did not, no. Uh, it was on the list, but never got around to it. I, I think that would be right up your street as a Back to the Future fan, because it's kind of, I think, the closest thing you'll ever get to a Back to the Future 4 
and it has the original voice cast. Uh, well, they don't have Michael J. Fox doing Marty, but they have a really good sound alike. And I think Mar- I think Michael J. Fox has a cameo role playing somebody else. Might even be oh, playing like cool. an old version of Marty. I can't remember now, but uh, yeah, it's it's a Telltale game before the Telltale Telltale games became solely about um, moral choices and things like that. It's more of an adventure game then they're more right, yeah. modern stuff so i think you'd be quite into it actually uh, i'm pretty sure it's on xbox it might be on game pass actually or, or it was on games with gold or something on xbox I, i've got oh, it on xbox even though i already had it on ps4 so i wouldn't have bought it again so i must have got it for free at some point maybe that says a lot about thrillville off the rails that we've started talking about back to the future the game uh obviously uh, planet coaster has a back to the future construction kit oh that's awesome I'm I'm looking forward to getting that, and it's funny because obviously the uh, majority of the games we've played so far have been quite you know in, in close proximity to each other in terms of release date. So we started with Theme Park for those who haven't been listening uh, to the show before, which was a '94 game, and then there was a five-year gap. But then between '99 and 2004, we had RCT One, Theme Park World, Legoland, Theme Park Inc., RCT Two, RCT Three, and we would have had Rollercoaster World if we had done that. Then you come to the two Thrillvilles in '06 and '07, and then there's a long gap. And, and I mean, this night, this is a fairly comprehensive list, I think, because we did do our utmost to track down all the theme park games that we would want to play so we're leaving out like ios clickers and things like that um but yes yeah. the, the the next one on our list after thrillville off the rails is screen ride from 2015 so there's an eight-year gap there and then uh, a bit of a renaissance because then we get to planet coaster and uh theme park studio and some rct reboots and parkitect and stuff like that but yeah, I'm looking forward to Planet Coaster and doing some Back to the Future business. I remember being hyped for Scream Ride uh, and then playing the demo and not being hyped for Scream Ride. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to play it because uh, it is on Game Pass on Xbox, so we can both play that one. And I don't know if there's any two-player or or something like that, but either way, we'll we'll play it and we'll stream it out again on your Mixer page. What is your Mixer page? It's Beastly D. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> Mixer.com forward slash Beastly Dartfordian. Beastly Dartfordian. Yes, whenever we do next do a mixer stream, uh, we will tweet it out, which we did do uh, for Thrillville as well. Uh, you could definitely tell, though, I think, and not just based on the Emmett Brown comparison, that the uh, the the Frontier uh, guys were probably they, they seem to have a fondness for like the the classic Universal uh, style of rides based on some of the stuff in here and you'd have to imagine they are all theme park fans over there given what they have made since this one came out so oh yeah for sure i can't think of a whole lot else to say about thrillville off the rails to be honest josh i must admit i don't think it's worth the seven pound 19 if anyone was thinking about it unless they were uh playing theme park games for the same reason we are which is purely from a sort of uh point of historical interest you know uh Mm -hmm. i i I can't see why you'd want to play it in 2020 uh, as a source of fun no the uh the ds version uh got 59 on metacritic ign gave it 45 right so if you can um, if if you played it twice it would be a better experience than the last of us 2 that's what i'm getting from that score josh yeah sure yeah I mean, because um, if you have two experiences of 59 in value, surely that's better than one experience of 95 in value. Is that not? I think that's how that works. Yeah. I know people are a little bit sceptical of Metacritic sometimes, but I, I think that makes perfect sense as a system. That's yeah. how you should be interpreting uh, Metacritic. 
I'm just going to... I feel like I need to read out the IGN, um, like, kind of quick review. It's like um, everyone says Citizen Kane is the best film ever made, but have you, if you just watch Dark, X-Men Dark Phoenix five times in one day, uh, that is the best cinematic experience of all time because you're taking, not, like, a 20-rated no, film and you're Tom, watching it five times. And it's a 100%, 100% great film, Josh. You've gone too far, Tom. I watched that. We watched that on my birthday. It's true. I, I think what you, you, I must I must say I'm sorry about this, but your last two birthdays have been absolute garbage. One, yeah. yeah, one was in a pandemic lockdown, and one you went to see X Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, it seems inconceivable, but I'm going to hazard a guess that the pandemic lockdown birthday was actually the better of the two. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. I mean, I watched Lord of the Rings: Return of the King extended, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems like a pretty good use of time. Oh, yeah. Far superior day. Excellent. Well, would you rather play Thrillville off the rails for an hour and a half or watch X-Men Dark Phoenix? Oh, Thrillville off the rails. Really? Oh, fair enough. That's 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 some praise. Uh, if they, if they for whatever praise. reason, re-released it on a disc, you know, Thrillville off the rails remastered for the PlayStation 5, uh, that sounds like a back-of-the-box quote right there. Uh, <laughs> better than watching X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> well, um, can't, can't say fairer than that. No, no. Uh, to be fair, I'm probably with you there. Uh, I, I just for clarity, I actually think X Men Dark Phoenix is really bad. Um, so there, there, there you have it. I, I think that's everything we have to really say about Thrillville off the rails. Uh, I, I don't yes. think it's a, a, a great bright spot in the history of theme park video games, but uh, I don't know. Based on what I've seen of some of the ones we've had to skip, such as Roller Coaster World, especially, I must say, I don't think the worst theme park video game ever made. I think that there are there are worse offenders than this. Uh, we have been going through the games in release order, but I, I think maybe once the pandemic is is mostly a thing of the past and maybe I feel relatively safe to purchase a uh, mouldy video game from a uh, from B.O. Town, maybe, <laughs> maybe I will look into uh, getting a copy of Roller Coaster World and Universal Studios Adventure, although the, sec- the, the second of those would require... Uh, the purchase of a GameCube, so maybe that's going too far. Although, now that we're on uh, Anchor, Josh, we're going to be rolling in money soon. So, um, sure. <laughs> well, we'll just set up a Patreon page, Josh, and say, look, <sighs> we want to buy a GameCube and a copy of Universal Studios Adventure. <laughs> uh, has there ever been a bit a better cause than that to ask people for money? I don't think so. I feel like if if we if we were ever to make a Patreon page, which I don't think we we ever will, um, we would then have to record a second podcast. What on earth would the second podcast be about? Well, that's the that's the real question there, Tom. Um, but I feel I don't be, feel like I feel like so just uh, someone paying for no gain uh, feels just feels wrong to me. I mean, you could argue that saying if you pay us we'll make an extra podcast i mean to me that sounds less like an offer and more like a threat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm if not you pay sure us, we'll stop making this podcast we'll stop making the podcast <laughs> but has a patreon ever been launched with the promise of less content <laughs> if you give us money uh well i think that'll do it as i said <laughs> 
it's raised some profound questions about the value and future of this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as I say, uh, the next game, uh, if we get to it, is uh, Scream Ride for the Xbox One. So I'm I'm curious to see what that's all about. I know very little about it, but we'll we'll get to that one. That's next on the cards, and we will stream it uh, on Mixer, as as we said, and we'll we'll tweet out when we do do that. Uh, I very much hope that our next episode of the podcast will be a uh, a new discussion with Adrian. We will, unfortunately for him, uh, I'm sure he'll have to repeat himself a fair bit because we will try and cover what we had spoken about. Uh, yesterday but uh, as I said at the top with the, the that news or those reports trickling out of Universal uh, he will at least uh, hopefully have some, some more up to date views about how they're managing things um, but yeah. yes the, it was a really good discussion so I'm genuinely disappointed that we haven't been able to bring that to you today but we will endeavour to uh, bring a new version of that to uh, the show uh, whether it's well, I, I, I'll think about it. I was going to suggest that maybe we do like a bonus. I put it up as a bonus midweek show so that it's still relatively timely rather than wait a whole nother week. Um, that might not be a bad idea. We'll see. We'll see. What a, what a way, Josh, to launch on a new podcasting platform than with an unprecedented midweek special. Oh. Now that Can now that is a it? reason for a Patreon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, if you uh, want to subscribe and you haven't done before, then, as I said, we are still in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, we should be there. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Parkrush Podcast. You can email the show podcast at parkrush.com. And uh, parkrush.com, the website, now does redirect to our anchor page. Is that correct? Sure does. You're so, you're so efficient on that stuff, Josh. It's impressive. Well, someone has to. I guess, yes. Uh, That's going to do it. Uh, Take it easy and stay safe out there, everybody. Until next week, goodbye. 